Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Hamilton to my king of Staten Island. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, in honor of my new status as both a streaming movie and a musical, I plan on taking an intermission at some point during this podcast. All right, and our very own Scoob. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, coming to, it's coming to a digit, direct-to-digital this Friday. How do you feel? Man, I feel great. This is a movie that, frankly, probably not going to do great outside of little kids. Or, or you know, would have done like, wow, it did $100 million and no one saw that coming. But, you know, you got the Blue blue Falcons in this, Dino Mutt, Captain Caveman. Oh, Sure. I, I'll pretend like I, I know all the things about this. But there's like, the rumors about this movie is crazy, and I don't believe any of it, Kevin. It's all BS. I choose to believe people, all of it. So people prepare just yourself stuff for up. the X-rated scene with Scrappy in it. This is like um, when James Gun- James Gunn's making an R-rated Scooby-Doo movie and then it ended up being like PG-rated garbage. You know, uh, actually had a script, though, for the R-rated one. All right. So I think that there is no better place to start than uh, to start with, I think, what was uh, the wildest day in uh, in in the whole offseason. This this um, this week, uh, two days ago, right? It was Sunday or was it Monday? It was this Monday. Monday, yeah. So it's yesterday. Monday was the most traffic Seahawks Reddit has received all offseason, more almost more than double the draft. Okay. It was crazy in there on Monday. Why? What all I'm gonna this is a little uh a little uh, investigative reporting. We're gonna you know, chronicle a little, something. <laughs> a little a little uh a little look back, okay? Um it's all started sixteen days ago. Okay. Sixteen days ago. A redditor named Everyone Loves Nudes. True, great. true words, never spoken. <laughs> great, great name. Just start with that. Uh, just starts off that. He says, 16 days ago, I know a guy who knows a guy. But Seattle has informed start. Seattle has informed Justin Britt that he's being cut. This is like maybe eight hours before Fentress gets out there and says it. Like he's way ahead of the story. He scoops all the... Scooped. He scoops all the the local reporters. At first, everyone's like, if this doesn't happen, we're banning you. If it happens, you're like a god. And then he's like, everyone's like, you better deliver. And then uh, Fentress reports it uh, that night. He comes out. Sources, Seahawks are prepared to to release center. uh, Britt, uh, Fluker announced he's been released. The guy also said Fluker is going to be released in the same thread. So... He he kind of gains like a little credibility as like, hey, this guy maybe knows someone on the team. And I actually think that at this point, even now, I still believe that, that generally this guy does text with someone who is a current member of the Seattle Seahawks. This guy's a huge Packers fan. This might come into play later. So uh, Monday morning, he gets on the uh, on Reddit and he on says, the old interwebs. He's heard, says, I hear another I'm hearing another thing is going to have move is going to happen big move name you wouldn't expect completely out of left field and so the threat of course goes nuts just you know speculating who could it be like who's someone that could possibly get traded that doesn't and i'll be honest i went on our thing because this guy has some credibility in the uh from his first thing i said and i say like okay what are teams that are have have bad cap situations who are some players that they might want to get rid of uh, i start posting in the uh in this rampant speculation thread of discord and also because and, speculation is so much more fun than doing nothing so then another guy comes in and this is like <laughs> when it gained a lot of steam for me it went from 
uh, BS or actually no. So then he goes on, he says in 10 minutes, I'm going on to local sports radio. I'm going to be on KJR. And if you want to know who the player is, uh, listen up. So he goes on KJR and he reveals, first of all, it's awesome. The whole time they just call him everyone loves nudes on the local radio, which is just <laughs> so funny. Uh, this is most re- 2020 uh, thing. Ever. Seahawks, Seahawks source, Reddit user, everyone loves nudes. And he wow. says, we are, uh, we're going to trade for miles Garrett. And, and, uh, and of course everyone goes nuts because let's be honest, miles Garrett, is like a top five pass rusher and it's kind of an absurd, uh, thing to be happening, right? It's just a stupid, like, it doesn't seem possible. It's so much better than anything I could have ever expected. Right. It's, it's the Jadavian clowny move on steroids. It's just such an insane thing to happen. So like, I decided to phone with it and just totally jump in. Just, I want to believe, right? Like I'm full on agent, uh, agent Mulder. <laughs> I want to believe everything. I want it to be true so badly. I don't really care if I end up getting burned at the end. It's still going to be more fun to just like go all in on it. Right. So I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just like, yeah, miles Garrett, put him in the uniform. Mason Rudolph did nothing wrong. I, uh, <laughs> I think that, that, uh, or Mason Rudolph did everything wrong. Miles Garrett did nothing wrong. I'm like totally just out on a corner, you know, just just totally all in on getting getting Miles Garrett. I so, think that we as a podcast have been on the corner of fun consistently. Right. Yeah. So so you could you know right away who the Toby Flendersons of of Seahawks Twitter are <laughs> because they're just out there like there's no way this is true. It's like we all know deep down in our hearts like this would be the most panned move in NFL history. This is the nu- no one wants to be the next Bill O'Brien. Okay. Well, because the trade that they because the trade that gets le- like talked about. Yeah. Then term start getting a second and a seventh for uh for Miles Garrett and a sixth. Yeah. And you see that and you're like. There's no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the this is the Nuck Hopkins trade times ten. Like this is this is insane. Like no team would do this. This will be the most universally reviled move in Cleveland history. This is this franchise has been through enough. Can't the Browns do anything <laughs> right? You know. So then, you know, I, I'm I'm like jokingly, but then I start to get a sliver of hope, and it's because this other redditor, Zoid's Music. Now you guys might not know about Zoid's Music. But in 2019, okay, a redditor, Zoid's Music, leaks a, li- a list of players and says these are players relative to their draft, their expected draft position that the Seahawks really like. Um, I've seen the draft board or something like that, you know, or I have seen the draft. I have a knowledge of the draft board. And he makes a list of players and it's got like LJ Collier on it. It's got John Ursua on it. It's got all these guys that we end up drafting. I think like of the list of guys he put, I think five of them are currently on the team or something like that. So he says, I've heard something big is happening as well. And at that point, I'm like, well, there maybe there is like the smallest chance that this is true because two different people who have nothing to do with each other are both kind of corroborating the same story. So I think it's I'm like still nine mostly out, you know, all caps joking. Let's go. You know, the, well, the, at uh, this point, you have your uh, your conspiracy theory. I have a conspiracy theory. The agent uh, is playing games, right? Yep. The agent is like trying to to drum up attention for Miles Garrett so he can make him the highest paid defensive end in the league, which, which is I a good th- conspiracy theory, which is like that's my conspiracy theory is like <laughs> th- there's no way this is true. This is just trying to get Miles Garrett to reset the market. Twenty five million a year. Uh, that's the that's my real that was my gonna be my take on the on the podcast if nothing happens. But the punctuation line is always 
but it'd be cool if it was true. <laughs> but it'd be cool if it was true. Yeah, if it's yeah. true, like, I mean, it'd be awesome. It, getting Miles Garrett would be incredible for the Seattle Seahawks. So then, of course, the uh, we all have our day of hope. Uh, I make a poll on Twitter, uh, like 150 people voted in it, and it was exactly 50-50, believe, not believe. And I was like, is this going to be the thing that tears oh, us apart? That's are we are we, uh, are we going to, to do it? Well, uh, at the, I think it was like, I don't know, not that long after it, this whole thing, it goes like one day. And then at the end of the day, uh, everyone loves nudes comebacks. He says it's been seven years, seven months, 17 days, 18 hours and five minutes since the fails fail Mary. And now I've gotten my revenge. And then he talks about how, like, I love the Packers and you guys, uh, I got you, I bamboozled you. Sorry. See you later. Okay, and then they of course banned him and but left the thread up because it's like a legendary thread now. It's it's and in the, it's in the annals of history. It is really funny. Like it's kind of pathetic, it, but it's hilarious. It's so hilarious. I, it reminds me of um in uh in what was the the show uh, Mad Men when the guy's like I I hate you so much I think of you all the time and then he's just like I never think about you at all. Yep, <laughs> that's how I feel about the Packers. I don't think about the Packers. I don't care about the Packers, but they have some stick up their butt. And I don't blame them, to be honest with you. They lost a really a weird <laughs> primetime game to us on a kind of crazy play. And got then they got, the playoffs. And they got and they got knocked out of the Super Bowl on the probably one of the greatest comebacks, uh, non-Super Bowl comebacks of all in time. A game, in a game they had, and let's face it, they've won, I want to say, one game against us. Uh, maybe two in the last, I mean, since the fail Mary. like Playoffs, playoffs, last, playoffs last year. Yeah, but that's that's it. And that it was by one. That game was a great game. One yeah, yard. That's their, you know? that's their we, most really felt important like we won. game they've won. It's they've so, had it kind of against us. But and, it's nice to know that I can. I always have a place I can stay rent free, which is inside a Packers fan's head. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> they 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 are they're they're that insecure about the fail Mary. I don't get it. I mean, I guess I do get it because they drafted Jordan Love this year when they have Aaron Rodgers, and it would be like a. It'd be like us drafting a quarterback. I, I don't. I would be so salty. So I had to take it out on someone. And you know what? I'll be honest. It was a day that would have been really boring. And instead, I spent most of the day refreshing Twitter and talking, uh, posting memes. And it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. So and we got some Bud Dupree speculation. Yeah, it was I all around a pretty good, pretty good time. Twenty, pretty fun twenty four hours. And uh. And that's the, uh, the my uh, investigative reporting anatomy of a rumor. So uh, there you go. Uh, any anything else you guys want to add to that before we uh, jump into the the Seahawks twenty twenty schedule? Yeah, I think the best part of that prank was getting national media to uh, have to quote uh, everyone. Everybody loves nudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was a, that was a feat with a Z. Yep. Yeah, everyone. Every and I, I like the there are people say everybody loves nudes, and you're like, no, nah, dude, it's everyone <laughs> loves nudes. Hey, this just proves. Yeah. I mean, running a running a podcast out of the love of your team and and friendship and all the people we interact interact with is one thing, but it just proves that how <laughs> unimportant sports radio has become. I mean, it was always pretty unimportant, <laughs> but it's sports radio is not really a thing. And when you realize that there's money involved and people are getting paid a lot of money, uh, you're kind of like, really? Because we we do this for nothing. And, you know, if how the hell are you getting paid? And well, everybody Not nothing. Shout out to Patreon. Yeah, everybody. Everybody loves news. Just, uh, you know, out of them. No, everyone. Everyone. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody enjoys nudes. I'm going national media on this. 
<laughs> Every one, Eric. Uh, many another... folk enjoy nudes. Many folk enjoy nudes with an ethic at the end. So, uh, <laughs> other news, uh, Seahawks related, uh, number 55 on the PFF All Decade 101, Cam Chancellor. Pretty cool. That's fair. I uh, thought that was a, I think that's pretty great. 55th best player of the last decade. And Cam Chancellor was the enforcer, the ultimate enforcer. I know he's your favorite, Eric. Do you, what, do you have uh, anything you want to say about Cam Chancellor? I mean, I, I, I always love Cam. I always love our safeties. Um, even Earl and all his craziness, you know, one of my favorites. Um, and Cam deserves his due. I mean, if you look at his position, he played a very interesting safety. It wasn't, it wasn't the safety position that, you know, the, the, uh, the traditional safety. And we kind of made it a, an important, uh, an important position that people scout for now that people think, Oh, maybe we can do this. Um, Cam deserves his due. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever someone takes an over the middle thumper in the draft, they refer to them as a cam chancellor type. Yep. I think, I think that says something about the type of player somebody was. Yeah. The, uh, the safety who's basically a linebacker, that position, uh, it always kind of existed, but I feel like really modernized cam chancellor really modernized that box safety kind of position brought mm-hmm. it into the brought it into the 2020 uh you know what we have now today where every team has a guy like that uh, philip Dor- other news philip dorsett he greg bell reports that he had a like a little interview with him and philip dorsett says he regrets not signing with the seahawks last year i'm just gonna say as a guy who had to deal with josh gordon last year i regret you not signing with the seahawks too philip <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for being a year late man i could have really used you in the playoffs could have really used you instead of malik turner John Ursua, you know, there's all these guys, all these guys out there that uh, I would have much rather had Philip, uh, one Philip Dorsett out there. So uh, finally, uh, Jadavian Clowney watch. Uh, we don't fucking know. All right, let's just, let's just let's just move on. Okay, schedule. Sorry for the that's that's a fiver for the swear jar. Sorry. Hey, let's okay. let's do this about Jadavian Clowney. Uh, there was there was one article that was pretty important that caught a little bit of fire, and that was uh, if you guys think we're getting Jadavian Clowney, it's probably not happening due to our cap space. And if anything, I think that if Clowney is here, then we're probably looking at uh, KJ being gone. Oh, yeah. We'd have to make some cuts. Yeah, to, we'd have to, to make some cuts, Clowney. but we have a lot of ways of making those cuts. I'm not super worried about that. Yeah. What if we just cut like David Moore and Brandon Jackson? Right. Um, all right. All right. So the other big this so is the schedule every Seahawks podcast you're gonna listen to this week is gonna talk about the schedule or if they're like a daily podcast like uh like Corbin's thing you, they already gotta get content it. somewhere here and here's the thing I'm gonna just rail on this a little bit I think this is the most overrated thing people do every single year and people do it in multiple walks people look at the schedule for their fantasy players and say okay well this guy's got an easy schedule or this guy's got a hard schedule they look at the schedule for their team oh this is there are certain things that you can look at here that I think are important, but overall, everyone you're looking at, when you look at the schedule, you might think this is an easy game based on how the teams were last year. Well, in the NFL, the teams can change very quickly. And I would not be surprised if some of the games that look very easy right now, like at home against the Cardinals on Thursday night football, turns out to be maybe the toughest game on the schedule or one of the toughest games on the schedule or a game that looks very difficult right now like at San Francisco on January 3rd might turn out to be not such a big deal. Okay. That because these teams can change a lot year to year. Like, and I'm, and one other example, 
the Washington Redskins have a new coach this year. They could Ron Rivera could make them into a very respectable football team very quickly. If they're an eight and eight team, going there on December twentieth isn't as fun as it might seem right now. Okay, but the Bills, their quarterback is Josh Allen, and I honestly think he kind of stinks. So that game at Buffalo might be a lot easier than most people expect. And this is what I'm saying is like we are rating the teams based on how they were last year. And it's just kind of pointless. The well, things I think are like we think the uh, people don't know how good the Buccaneers are going to be. That's things a I hear speculation pick things I think that are actually important that we can look at. You ready for this? Um, how many games are we playing away away versus home in a row? How many 10 a.m. games do we have? Where is the buy in our schedule? How does the, the the night games? How do they piece together? Do we have like a Monday night game and then a really tough game back up, back on the back of that? Um, stuff like that is much more interesting to me than just the teams in the in the schedule mm-hmm. where we play them and and like you know I don't care about like going to play the Patriots and the Cowboys at home back to back. But we'll we'll talk about that in just a sec. So we're gonna go through it game at a time. But uh, before we start. Is there, is there anything that stood out to you guys when you just look at the full schedule, the texture of the schedule? What is what did you uh, what did you notice? Is there anything that jumped out at you? There's uh, instantly one thing that jumped out at me. But Eric, go ahead. Uh, for me, it was the earlier bye week. What week six? Yep, week um, six bye. The week six bye. It kind of so during the Holmgren era, I remember Mike Holmgren would say we prefer a late bye, and we'd always get like a week four bye, which. It just felt yep. like you were setting us up for failure in the playoffs. Um, with the Seahawks recently, we've had a late bye, and I thought that's really great. It gives our team uh, a chance to get rested. I'm kind of, and sorry, you've seen uh, how we do, you know, later in the season, calling kind of falling apart with injury. Uh, I'm kind of wondering slash hoping that the week six bye may pay dividends for us. Okay. Um, also, there's a, uh, there's a, you know, a, a later in the season uh, Thursday night to Monday night switch, which gives us a little extra time. I don't yeah, know. I think you can get that. I was going to say that to you in that gap, that Thursday to Monday night gap. That's a big gap. You can probably give the boys like three or four days off right there, which is almost like a, like a buy junior. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like a mini buy. You know, you can, you can say, okay, you guys get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Right. And then we'll come back to work Tuesday. And that's a big deal because it's almost as many days off as you'd give for the for the bye week, right? Or so that that I think is a really uh, really good spot in the in the schedule for us. I think it's a, like a it's like a pickup where we have an early bye and then like a late bye junior. So yeah, week uh, eleven and a half quite, bye. Quite enjoy that, Kevin. Anything jump out jump out to you in the uh, the overall just texture of the schedule? Yeah, I think actually that same sequence is really interesting to me. Um, because we're going, we have uh, away. So after the bye week, we go away to Arizona, home, and then we fly cross country to Buffalo, and then back across the country to LA to play a Rams team coming off a bye, and then back home from there uh, for a, a short porch Thursday night game. And then we have to fly out on our mini bye week uh, across country to Philadelphia. And then we fly back across country to Seattle again for the following week. So it's kind of uh, like there's a lot of miles. uh, There's a lot of transitions there that are mileage. We go uh, Seattle to D.C. um, on a week. We go Seattle to Miami and then back to Seattle again. 
So we have uh, we start the season Atlanta, Seattle, um, back to back home games, but then we go Miami and then Seattle again. So there's there's some pretty significant mileage. We always have one of the uh, one of the largest uh, uh, mile travel totals just based on our location. That's the way it's going to be. But you can almost get whiplash on the schedule going back and forth across the country. Did you know this was the first year in like I think 15 years Oakland wasn't traveling the most miles. The move to Vegas paid dividends. Uh, so so I the thing that one thing that stood out to me is four 10 a.m. games. It's pretty brutal. We know that the Seahawks have struggled with those in the past. They are they are I think uh, tricky. Better lately. They're, they're tricky to navigate. Um, you know we have at we have 10 a.m. against the the Falcons 10 a.m. against Miami, 10 a.m. against the Bills, and 10 a.m. against Washington. Um, on the surface, that might seem like four very winnable games, but because of the circumstances, flying across the country, getting up extra early, though those games might be tr- uh, trickier to navigate than than maybe we would expect. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about the overall uh, texture of the schedule. I think you guys, we pretty much nailed everything there. So you ready to talk about the individual games? Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. We're just going to go. This is way too early. We don't know anything enough about these teams. These teams aren't even really complete yet. There's always late late additions here, late roster moves. But that being so, said, win against the Falcons. At Falcons. <laughs> Kevin, you're, gonna go, you're going W? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do the W there. Eric? I'll go. I'll go. W. I like that the first game of the season is 10 a.m. I don't know. It. Uh, you know, with with how who knows what quarantine pre. We might have a four month buy. Might have a four month warm up. We can fly there a month early. It'll be great. Uh, I think that this game is one of the trickier on the schedule. Uh, I'm truly a coin flip. I don't know. Just put it Ooh, in the coin Nathan flip bucket. Super serious. Uh, let's go. Let's go uh, to home against the New England Patriots Sunday Night Football. Don't get why the Patriots have so many primetime games this season. Their quarterback is Jarrett Stidham. Uh, hey, it could be Brian Hoyer. Their, their defense is good, so mm-hmm. they'll probably keep the game close, but the, I, don't, I would be stunned if we lost to them. That I, I don't know if they're going to be very good. That Jarrett Stidham, you know, it, it, it's like one of those games. It, it looks hard, but then you really think about it, and you're like, is it? This is, is it not hard? true. Did you ever see the movie Real Steel with Hugh Jackman? Huge, do you mean huge Jackman? Jacked man? Jackman. Do you mean Wolverine? The Wolverine, Bill Belichick, is the quarterback. All a real steal with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> well, he's so the you're worried about the Pats? Then. I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. It's it's all Seahawks, but that's why they're getting uh, all those primetime games at home against Dallas. Dallas. Uh, even if I am the the chief of the Mike McCarthy haters, he's not as bad as Jason Garrett. So going from McCarthy, going from Jarrett to McCarthy, huge upgrade for Dallas. I have really high expectations for their offense. Uh, this is a test case. We their rumors are out there. Are the Seahawks looking to run a more high tempo offense? If the Seahawks really do that, if they really come out, and they got a lot of really athletic offensive linemen that could handle something like that. So if if we come out and we say, hey, we were going to run up tempo, we're going to play play really hard, we're going to try to score a bunch of points. Uh, we can, we can, we could run with Dallas. We can, we can throw with them. We can match them tit for tat, especially at home. If we're not running high octane offense, I could see us getting behind and then having struggles catching up. You know, you can't catch up running 40 times a game. So we don't actually run 40 times a game, but this is a game where I think it's the test case. If, if we're running high octane, I'm, I'm love the Seahawks in this game. If we are playing the offense we played last year and two years ago, 
Um, this is a, this is da- Dallas. Dallas might be tough. So there you go. There's my review of that one. Uh, let's go, Kevin. Uh, so I think odds are going into the bye week, we'll probably have one loss. And I think the Falcons game and the Cowboys game are both ones that could be a loss here. So since I took us in the Falcons game, I'm taking the loss in the Cowboys game. All great fans think alike. Uh, Eric, are we going to be three and zero? I don't know, man. I don't see us being three and zero. So where's that one loss come in? It's got to be here or in it or Atlanta. So um, we also have been playing very well at home recently. Don't sleep on the cap or on a, on the Dolphins though. At Miami, total trap game, total trap game. You go, you go from, you go from Dallas, and then you're looking ahead to Kirk Cousins in prime time. That is a that is a look ahead letdown sandwich right there, Kevin. That is. Are we looking tra- ahead to Kirk that Cousins is, in prime time? <laughs> I mean, you you know you might. You, it's a you shouldn't. Game. You shouldn't because Kirk Cousins in prime time is hot garbo. He will he will definitely lose even if he has like 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions on like 30 for 30 incomplete percent completions you know it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter his team will lose he is cursed in prime time yeah, quarterback if, you, Sexton. if, you if look it matters at the, you don't matter if it look you look at the stats you're like how is this happening he's playing good but yeah should i guess he needs to learn how to play safety or cornerback or something if he wants to win a primetime game because you gotta go he's gotta go two ways um yeah i think miami is a trap game but Seattle's pretty good at being prepared for stuff like that. We eke out the victory there. Come to Minnesota, also get the win. I think also, we're either. What's the Dolphins' strength? It's their uh, secondary. Draft and picks. also, and also Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. Uh, also true. So Ryan Fitzpatrick could be either a strength or weakness on the team, depending on the week. So I, the thing is, a team with a really good secondary doesn't scare me because I trust Russ to make enough throws against even the best secondary. We know that. Um, great throws beat great defense because you can never just lock a receiver down in the modern NFL. So I trust Russ to be able to navigate us through a win on that one. Though, like you said, trap game makes a lot of sense. And then the Vikings basically like cut lopped off a limb this off season. So I'm, I'm not super worried about them. Dolphins are super weird case for me because they could be th- like three and O they play their first three games are, are, uh, Patriots, Bills, Jaguars, and they could be like three and zero heading into that game, and then they're never going to want to bench Fitzpatrick. They probably won't bench him until like the week ten bye. Until he has his five interception game. Even though like he'll probably tank them in two games after that. Exactly. He he can single handedly win you a game. He also can single handedly lose you a game. And there's very there's you know that's not what you want. Especially when they're they're building through the secondary. You never know. You never know. Uh, The Dolphins Uh, are. Are a team with some talent coming, but there's no way if the Seahawks trap or not, the Seahawks lose this game. That is a that is a massive speed bump in the highway to the Super Bowl. Wait, Nathan, Ryan mm-hmm. squints Patrick. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, just, I'm, I'm just workshopping that one. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Jameis Jameis Winston, went to is, Jameis Winston is easily the best backup quarterback in the league. <laughs> That's Come at true. Me. I mean. Not even close. We all t- we all already said it. Uh, Kirk Cousins is cursed in prime time. No need to belabor that point. We come into the week six, come out of the week six by heading to Arizona. I'm really high on the Cardinals, but I'm also really high on the Seahawks' ability to come out of the bye week looking really good. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks in that one. Uh, I have us splitting the season series with the Cardinals, but this is the one I have us winning. Yeah, I yeah. dig that. I have that as well. Um, Seahawks. We always lose a dumb game to the Cardinals. 
Uh, the Cardinals still need some time to gel, and uh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just I don't ever want to believe in the Cardinals. Seahawks win. What a what a what a um, this kind of the proof that they're kind of the test case for what I'm talking about right there. Though is they have turned that roster around so quickly to where two years ago you looked at that roster and you said, "Yuck!" Right? It was a is an icky roster. <laughs> it's not good. It's really bad. Talent devoid. Now there's talent everywhere on this team. They look really good. Um, they have pass rushers. They have a pretty solid secondary. They have Isaiah Simmons, who's just a Swiss Army knife in that defense now. And we'll, he will—that's a rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. Their O line's um, promising, even or getting promising. Yeah, they bring in Josh Jones to challenge their tackles who suck, right? So, like, if Josh Jones is anything, he'll win a starting job this year. They—they they really push their themselves forward, and then they go get DeAndre Hopkins too to round out their offense. It's a scary team. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think that this team is a uh, really spooky. I would not be surprised if they make the leap this year, but our quarterback is better than their quarterback. So, you know, that may, that'll make us competitive with them. Russ, Russ fixes a lot of our problems by just being the best. Yeah. So uh, San Francisco at home, I'm actually kind of down on the, the, the 49ers in general. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, Seahawks in that one. Being wow. down on them last year really bit me in the in the booty because uh, they have really good coaching, and you can't underestimate that. <laughs> Their coaching wow. staff is awesome, and they brought they brought him back. I thought Bob Sala was going to get poached for sure, I know. but he's back. Uh, I have this as a win, too, but you were saying you're high on the Cardinals and down on the 49ers. That's why I'm higher on the Cardinals, because if they're going to take a leap, who's going to take a step back? The Rams are still kind of taking steps back, but Super Bowl hangover. It's a real thing. It's been proven. Seahawks win. Uh, so 49ers in week seven play against the Patriots in New England, and the Patriots are coming off a bye. Uh, 49ers don't have their bye until week 11, so they're going in New England against Bill Belichick who had an extra week to play on. And, and it's then, an AM game, or is it a, is it a night game? Uh, I don't. I didn't see that, um, okay. if you want to double-check. If, if it's an AM game, that's kind of brutal scheduling. Uh, then they have to fly to Seattle, and then they have a look-ahead possibility against the Packers and at Saints. So it's in. So we get tough them stretch. At That's a tough schedule tough stretch. stretch. Yeah, which they didn't have any tough schedule stretches last year. No. So I like our odds in winning that one. San Francisco go. San Francisco is just going to be worse record last year. Most even just based on the fact that they went from a last place schedule to a first place schedule. And then That's adding gonna, the fact their secondary well, health luck was crazy last year. Second, they had like a really easy schedule last year. And then this year, expected to be tougher. You never know. Like I said, we're basing right. it on what the teams were like last year. November 8th, my birthday. Happy birthday to me. We're at Buffalo. I will uh, not be making the trip for that one. Tell you what, I wish I was really hoping because I knew my birthday was on a Sunday this year. I was really hoping for a home game. Did not get it. So uh, I'm bitter. I hate Josh Allen. Seahawks win that one. <laughs> Eric? Uh, this game is kind of a trap game for me more so than the Miami Dolphins only because of the non Josh Allen players in Buffalo. It's a early morning game on the road. Stefan Diggs is there now. I have a, I have this one as a loss. Kevin. Um, I think that coming off a win against the 49ers flying cross country again. And is this a 10 a.m.? It is. Uh, I think this is one that goes in my 50-50 bucket, and I have it marked as a loss right now. 
their second cornerback will be someone teams can pick on. Tredavious White's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But their second cornerback is going to be like Josh Norman or EJ Gaines or Levi Wallace. It's going to be someone who sucks. McDermott's and, a really good defensive coach, though. Yeah, it's still Josh Norman, Kevin. I know. We he have you he is something. I'm not <laughs> saying I'm not saying that I think it's a for sure loss. I think it's 50-50 bin, and I can't have us go, you know, I like I'm not gonna mark a team as 13 and 3. Like that's that's just I don't think that's a, a realistic overall record for us. Well, I had Though two losses. This is in what the fir- I think might be a loss. I had two losses in the first five games, so right. I'm a I'm a little, I was a little more aggressive at the beginning. Here we go at Rams. I think Jared Jared Goff is trash. Don't like don't like uh don't like him. Don't think the Rams are very good. Their new logo is ugly. They will play up to that. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go us in that one. But uh, Eric. Uh, they still have not released their new uniforms and helmet design. Uh, there's still hope for them there. That's the only hope they have. This is a win for the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, we get the Rams coming off a bye flying back cross country from Buffalo. I'm taking a loss here. All right. Uh, then uh, we play versus Cardinal Thursday Night Football. I got I got an L here. Um, I think it's tough to go at Rams and then straight down to home, back home to Arizona. This is like the heart. This is like the weirdest stretch of the schedule. And I think that they're going to pick up a couple losses here. And this is one of them. Uh, Eric. Yeah, the same thing here. If we're going to split the season with the Cardinals and it makes sense to lose at home. uh, I don't really want to lose two games at home personally, but I I think last year we were four and four at home. And it's just, I, I have such a gross record. And I also suspect that some number of these games are going to be played with no crowds. It's just a reality of what's going on right now. Yep, in the world is some a non-zero number of these games are going to be played with. Well, we're playing the Rams, empty. so it's definitely something to be played in the most empty stadium. In so as much as as much as I think home field doesn't matter at all in my gambling spreadsheet, I I lowered the amount that I factored it in in the formula last year. Uh, I think that this is this is going to be even even less. You know, if there's no crowds, it's really just going to be how good the teams are. And um, yeah, but anyway, I, I do think the Cardinals are competent enough and that they can catch us on the short week here and really put it to us. All right, Kevin. Uh, Cardinals are the kind of team that's probably got threatened for a wild card this year and we have very little rest. I have this as a third loss in a row for us. Yeah, what's with that, dude? Everyone's going to say that our season's falling you, apart. You you predicting a three-game lose streak is so depressing. Don't do that. Oh, just <laughs> that, wait. Just, just wait. Brett meltdown, and I don't even want that. You're going to do a four-game lose streak right here. You're going to have a Monday Night Football. All right, we got our mini buy here. Uh, Carson Wentz is trash, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going Seahawks and this one, Eric. Yeah, I have the Seahawks as well. I'm not really a, an Eagles believer. All right. Uh, didn't we play the Eagles twice last season? Yeah, and we won. And both. didn't we identically win seventeen to nine both times? Yeah. Yeah. And, so and uh, I'm taking Seahawks on Monday Night Football like with extra long rest. There's something about our defense that Carson Wentz just does not understand. Um, it's football. It's football. Carson Wentz is not that good. <laughs> right. exactly. Home against home against the Giants. Dude, screw Danny Dimes. We're taking that one too. All right, Eric. Oh, come on, this it's not even worth it. If they bring Eli Manning back, it's a slightly different score in any direction. Seahawks win. They have a. They've added a a real offensive lineman, and they added a. Um, I I think they're going to add a real secondary. Uh, well, you know they got Xavier McKinney. Okay, 
It's a weird secondary for sure, though, because they, I don't know. They have I don't kind know of the two box safeties, kind of. I don't know what the Giants are doing. It's not um, really. They had a better right. draft than I thought they would. Jets. Yeah. I think Jets had sneaky good <laughs> draft. If their coach wasn't Adam Gase, I'd be all over the Jets this year. It is like the only thing that's stopping me. That's a big the, thing. Every single move the Jets made this offseason, I feel like I look at them in, in total and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this is this is really this is really working. This is this is what I I, I think I would do that. Want to do this? Like they got Mackay Becton, they got Denzel Mims. They they went out and they made a bunch of good moves. They they signed George Fant to really push you know all these tackle guys. So they're gonna have a solid tackle rotation no matter what. Sam Darnold's gonna have time to work. This is this is gonna work. And then I'm like, oh wait, oh and they got Ashton Davis too to go with Jamal Adams. Like holy smokes, that is a that is a safety pairing right there. But Adam Gates is still their head coach. And I don't know if I can I can get behind an Adam Gase coach football team. They signed Frank Gore. They signed Frank Gore. He is the Seahawks kryptonite. I'm going Jets week 14. There you go. Adam Gase has the worst wins above Raheem Morris of any coach in the, the NFL warm. right now. His classic warm factor Bills. is classic awful. Bill Simmons warm. It's <laughs> like the best. Dude, that's uh, my favorite Bill Simmons uh, thing. Yeah, he's he has every once in a while he has a real good one. Uh, uh, in game of zone that's from 2010. In Game of Zones this week, the voice they use for Bill Simmons, holy smokes. <laughs> I was laughing so, so hard. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking Seahawks here because J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. There you go. All right, Eric. Uh, yeah, there's there's no way I can take. Uh, it's it's a sweep of the New York teams. And although we lost four at home last year, uh, we're not losing to the Jets at home. Get out of here. All right. At Washington, Ron Rivera and the boys. Chase Young. Eric, what do you think? This is a tough one because it's a, it's the last 10 a.m. game of the season, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have to lose one down the stretch. Um, you know what? I got to mark this as a win. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think we're going to come from behind. That's not going to matter, you know, months from now when we don't remember any of this conversation. It's going to be tough, but we will win. Washington, to me, a little bit underrated they weren't that bad last year they just had a i felt like their their whole coaching staff was a huge mess and And they were not they had some internal problems that were stopping them but like if you look at the individual players terry mclaurin had a huge breakout year Dwayne haskins put some throws on tape that i thought were very impressive the alex smith comeback is a great story like he's basically like getting a, a free quarterbacks coach for haskins to to mentor him and be on the team. That's huge. That's something you really, every young quarterback would, would in the league would be lucky to have like Alex Smith tutoring them behind the scenes. They get to continue the development of Montez sweat and bring in chase young to complement that. Like, Holy smokes, their cast rush is going to be great. Chase young, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, I like their secondary Landon Collins. I think even though they really overpaid for him kind of shores up some of the problems I see there. I don't want to say still a big question though. I like Kendall Fuller. I think he's fine. So he's a, okay. So they have a slot corner. Who are their two outside corners? Kendall Fuller. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna look it up, but I don't think Kendall Fuller is like just a slot corner. But uh, I'm going to say, yeah, he's like he does the Chris Harris thing, but he plays mostly in the slot because everyone doesn't. Everyone runs. Everyone except the Seahawks ran. Did you see this stat? The second yes. most was like 35% and us was like 65% running three. We ran four, three, like almost twice as much as the team who ran four, three second, the second most. Yep. Um, Not good. Okay. Uh, I am going to give a, I, w- I have to get us to at least five losses. So I'll give us a loss here. Here we go. That's the last loss for me. 
Taking Kevin, the W, Eric. boys. Kevin has W. Eric. Eric already said W. I already said it. All right. Then, then uh, okay, we got Rams at home. I already said my feelings. I'm a big Jared Goff hater, so I'm going to go win. Kevin? Oh, we're going to put the nail in the coffin of their season with a win here as we propel them towards some 7-9 and nine bullshit. Okay. Eric? Uh, this is hard for me only because of the coach, but I don't believe in the Rams at all, and it's a home game. Uh, it's going to come down to our health, really, um, and where the Rams are at. If the Rams are in any way competitive, this will be a tough game. But, uh, you know, I, I do like Sean McVay. I think he's a, he's a fine coach. I'm giving the Seahawks the win here. So here's my thing about this whole this whole uh, this whole thing. Okay, is that the Seahawks if they want to want Wait, are we to get week 17? No, no, we're, I'm talking. This is in oh, the okay. context of week right. 17. J- just checking. So there's an expanded playoff format this year. Okay, right. So seven teams will uh, will make the make the playoffs right and there's only one one by now okay so the and this is this start does this start this year or next year it's this year. Ne- it's this year yeah so it's the 2020 season so yeah so this season so if we want to get that number one seed we need to dominate our division and i think that that i have us five and one in the division and i think that's what you got to do you have to dominate your own division to get to to you know, five and one in the division. I have five and one in the division, 12 and four overall. Uh, that's going to be in the mix for that number one seed. It'll be 13 and three or 12 and four, but dominating your division is how, is how you start that. And I think that we can do that. We, we have the quarterback, the best quarterback in the division. It's a very good division. And if we can dominate it, we'll be, we'll be good to go. So there you go. That's my, uh, my last. So you thought. have us taking the 49ers there. It's, it's oh, yeah, dub. definitely. Right. Eric. Yeah, 49ers only because, uh, man, I don't know. Maybe it's just hopeful, but I think that their their season's going to be over before this. Some of their key cogs are getting older. Like they're they have key cogs on their team that are, I feel like, starting to age out. Richard Sherman, uh, Quan Alexander. Uh, this is uh, Sherman's Ford. last year. D Ford, his deal, right? Staley retired. Yeah, yeah Staley retired, but they replaced him. With you another know, guy did. who's pretty close to retiring. Yeah, I mean, he's got a couple of years. Maybe he'll, and he hasn't played in a long time. Maybe Trent Williams will suck. You know, I, I'm not hopeful I'm not of that. Hope but, that one. Uh, I think that the 49ers are going to have to win this one to get a playoff spot. And I think that Seattle is not going to be able to win their way to the number one seed. And I think San Francisco is going to take this one. We finish the season 11 and five. All right. There you go. So I, and if, when I look at the schedule and I think about like the coin flip games and the shirt and the thing games, I feel pretty confident in stuff like that. I really do think that the Seattle Seahawks right now, when you look at them, uh, it's a 10 to 12 win team with the roster they have as constructed. If they bring in an elite pass rusher, you could bump that up to like 11 to 13. You can start thinking that way. Um, or even if they bring in just a bunch of like defensive tackle depth, you know, two more guys, but they roster right now is a 10 to 12 win roster. Well, ten. here's the thing. We all know Russell Wilson starts your conversation at nine. Right. Like We're he's proven gonna... he can drag the corpse of a roster to nine wins. Yeah. He did it already. Yep. So, yeah. Eric, any final thoughts before we uh, jump into uh, the money zone here? I think a, a five loss season uh, is likely. Four loss 
at best. I don't know. Last year we were looking at 10 and six, nine and seven, and we, we kind of eclipsed that. Uh, it's all going to depend on health. This is, this is the fun part though. I mean, COVID or not, like you look at the schedule and hope springs eternal. I used to, I used to work with this guy who every year, Oh no, we're going to win that game. Oh no, we're going to win that game every single game. And it was a little annoying. He was like a charter member. One of the like year two, who got his season tickets. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is before we can get depressed and before we can get like, you know, sky high excitement. It's just, uh, it's pretty cool. And I, I do believe that I believe we're the best team in the division. Well, I'm, one thing about us is we're going to be favored in like 12 of these games, you know, 12 or 13 of them. We're going to be the favorite. So yeah, of course, you know, the Seahawks are getting a second place schedule is pretty nice too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And first of all, it's dollar 24 a month. Jump in the Discord, chop it up with the boys. Come in, come in there. Tell us all, how, everything that you think that you're thinking. Also, you can come in, uh, you can, you can just like, you know, really get in there and do your full Brett impression. You could be like, come on, guys. Uh, red delicious apples aren't that bad. You know, something <laughs> something like that. So uh, thanks to the new patrons. We've got two new patrons. Brett, the, re- the re- triumphant return of Brett. Uh, Jacob coming back, coming in in uh, May. And also our, our classic patrons. we got Carrie, Lucas, Tom, James, Timothy, Andy, Brett again, Nick, Brandon, Brian, Michelle, Flocktimus, Keith, Mike, Kieran, Bob, and Richard. Thank you guys for supporting the Sexness podcast. Um, and it means a lot to us. Keeps us going. Also, head over to iTunes, give us five stars, uh, or wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, you know helps people find us in their little searchy engines. And uh, that's about that. So, uh, movie a movie club. I'm not going to do a movie today. You ready for this? Do it. I'm going to do a video game. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about a video game that I'm playing right now because it is um, I need to talk i need an outlet for it um it's something that uh, i've been playing that i think uh, people have heard about but i don't know if many people have played it i'm playing death stranding um eric uh, is that the first ever stranding type first game stranding game right? first first strand it's just a strand type game that's what he said he said not a um, strand so, of game a strand the, type game. let's just start with this the creator of this game hideo kojima he makes the metal gear solid games those games uh stealth action games they're pretty great but they have you know their storyline is kind of incomprehensible gobbledygook that's because he's insane He's insane. Sure. And it, it's fine. And it, He's a crazy I, like, I play all his games. I think they're, they're fun. Um, this game is the Kojimiest Kojima that ever did Kojima. <laughs> okay. It's, it's the most Kojima. Um, I'm going to tell you three things about this game that I think are just insane and uh, all in, all for totally different reasons. Okay. You ready for this? First thing. Um, you regularly interact with a character who is a, an African-American gentleman wearing a skull mask whose name is Die Hardman. <laughs> that's uh, right. Die Hard Man. Yeah, it's Die Hard, Die Hard Man. Yeah, that's perfect. So, wow, what's, um, what's the problem? I'll get it. That That's a character that I have to talk to. And he's wearing a skull. I cannot stress this enough. He is always wearing a mask that is a skull. 
Okay, uh, I'm gonna that's put a, on Amazon while we're on this podcast because he's dying hard, man. Number one, number two. Uh, part of the game's narrative is told from the perspective of a fetus in a jar that I carry around with me to detect ghosts named BB. Wait, the ghosts are all named BB? That's weird. Nope, nope. The the BB can detect the ghosts. BB is my baby in a jar that I keep on my chest to detect the ghosts. Oh, okay. So it's and, like uh, it's and, like the the villain from uh, Turtles. And part of like the crime. narrative is yeah. told from bb's point of view i cannot stress this enough i am through the eyes of a fetus in a jar so it has feet it has eyes then that's confirmed another oh, thing wait wait. one question about this okay. how does it alert you about the ghosts hey listen um there is a there is oh, a little that's... there is a little satellite on my shoulder that spins oh. around and points towards the ghosts i'm not, oh. still seeing nothing wrong with this um okay third thing <laughs> There is a female character who is uh, interacting with my character a lot. She, Her name is Fragile. And now I cannot stress this enough. This is a game about people who are like postmen and women. And they take packages from like uh, bunker to bunker, basically. Everyone's living underground. And I'm this taking based on the Kevin Costner taking, movie. I'm taking the packages to you the wish. different bunkers. And then a, a big part of the game is like, I'm connecting internet. Well, someone who owns one of the rival package companies' name is Fragile. Yep, Fragile. She's Fragile, Maybe guys. Fragile. It, Italian. Uh, is she Italian? Could be Italian. <laughs> I, okay. So here's the thing there's something that is so good about this game still but it is just couched in all of this kojima bullshit and your ability to tolerate that is going to be directly proportional to your enjoyment of the game if you are if you can just like look past that the gameplay loop is actually really good the the traversal and stuff and and get sneaking past the the ghost with your bb and throwing grenades filled with your blood at them because that's what kills them yep that's what kills the ghosts grenades filled with your blood i just cannot stress how insane this game is but for some reason um i'm enjoying it greatly uh and i just can't i can't wait to see what the next dumb insane thing is so i can make fun of that too so and also i heard conan o'brien did mocap for this game so i cannot wait to meet the conan o'brien character i heard that too <laughs> so there you go uh all right and you guys have any questions for me about Death Stranding or should we just move on to the next suggestion? I think you've summarized it perfectly. We're good. Yeah, I'm just waiting for waiting for next week's uh, report. All right. Eric, what do you got? As I was telling you before the, the podcast, I have a, a little bit of a lesson on what not to watch. So I decided to give... An, <laughs> I'm already people laughing. <laughs> people in the Discord can... I'm just... I'm ready for someone in the Discord to be like, you know what, Eric? I don't think you know. I don't think you're right about this. Maybe Brett will be like, "Oh no, it's the best movie ever." I don't think he will. Um, it's a documentary now, though, so it's kind of depressing. <laughs> I went ahead and tried to watch uh, the Netflix original John Henry. Uh, oh God. Okay, so Eric, why'd you do this? Well, it was called John Henry. I, I know the the legend of John Henry. I. I also saw that it was starring Terry Crews. And I, you know, who doesn't love Terry Crews? If you watch the Terry Crews Christmas special, 
uh, this this man is an interesting guy. He's he's more than meets the eye. He's a he's a modern day Optimus Prime. Uh, this movie is awful. It is <laughs> terrible. If you would like to try and watch this movie, may I suggest all one hour and a half, you fast forward until the last 30 minutes, and then you can wonder why this movie is so bizarre, but not in a strange way, more like a uh, someone's friend directed it sort of way. How did this get made kind of way? How did this get made? It's not even like it's not so bad. It's good through most of the movie because it's just so boring. You're like, what are you even talking about? Like literally like not, not making sense, but what are you, why are you talking? It's boring. The last 30 minutes, I'd say the last 10 minutes, it gets so bad. It's good. Uh, it's, it's one of the awful pieces of trash. Don't watch John Henry on Netflix. Sorry. Right, they, did, they did Terry Crews dirty. Eric. Thank you for telling me not to watch it. Kevin. All right. So there's a lot of things going around that are uh, um, very depressing right now. So I actually have two for streaming that are uplifting. Um, both of them are available on Hulu, though the second one is also available on Amazon Prime. So you got some streaming options. So the first one is uh, available on Hulu, Blinded by the Light. A 2019 movie about a uh, Pakistani um, young man coming of age story uh, living in 1980s uh, suburbia um, outside of London who uh, falls in love with the boss and the music of the boss. And it plays into what you think coming of age stories are going to do. But I think it does it in a really charming way. And it does just a little bit more, just just another notch extra for the characters than what you're expecting. So if you need something light and enjoyable and something that's just kind of a feel good pick me up, Blinded by the Light was good. The other one that's heavier and definitely more emotional, but I would say overall is still like a good um, positive escape movie. Uh, if you have not seen Warrior with uh, Joel Edgerton, yeah. uh, Nick Nolte, Tom Hardy, uh, that one that one will uh, punch you in the feels. And it's a very good movie. Uh, it's got some really good, I think solidly done uh, MMA scenes. Uh, I think it was a little bit more. The cinematography was a little more spectacle than fight than I would necessarily like for all of those, but I still think it caught the action really well. And it's just a very, very good movie. Very well done movie. So blinded by the light and warrior two one two that I am recommending. Speaking of MMA, did you, did you guys watch the UFC? Uh, no, I didn't. It was, was kind of cool to have live sports. I don't even, even if it was kind of, surreal with the no crowd and the mat ever all the people were in or a lot of the people wearing masks far too many people weren't wearing wearing masks from what i saw yeah there's i would say it was about like 50 50 maybe all the cornermen were wearing masks which i thought was interesting i don't know if they made them or what where do you anyway stand on uh on piping in fake noise like i feel like that no, would don't make do that so much i would make it that would make it a little more normal yeah yes, I no think, i feel like, like you have to kind of lean into chinty. it I feel like I have to lean into it. You have to just kind of own the fact that we're we're performing without an audience right now. Wait, le- lean into the fake noise. So get like cardboard cutouts of people, stand them up in the stands. 
Have oh, come on, it can't all be Korean baseball. <laughs> That's what they're doing, you know. Uh, by the way, if you've not been watching the Dinos, that is officially our Korean baseball team, and they're oh, the yeah. best. And NC Dinos. Go NC Dinos. Um, the Swole Daddy. The, yeah. All right. For uh, for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you next week, and go Hawks. Swole Daddy. <laughs>